Lead from the Side is made possible thanks to our incredible sponsors. Hi, I'm Spencer Casimir, and this is Lead from the Side. Previously, I sat down with Ben Graham, formerly of Geelong Cats and a slew of NFL teams. He's best known for being the first Australian to play in a Super Bowl. Ben was kind enough to describe his personal experience, the difference between the cultures of teams, the difference between cultures and countries, and even cities. We also talked about his transition from the AFL to the NFL. It wasn't as straightforward and as clear as maybe it is today, which is still a feat in and of itself. Ben's story teaches the value of resilience, family, and staying the course. We're here to talk about business, but we can't do that unless we talk about the business of the Super Bowl and what's going on. So you're on the ground. We've switched spaces. I've got summer down here in Australia. You have what feels like summer, though it's the winter, in Los Angeles. Well, I couldn't believe it. I don't think I was prepared well enough with what I packed. The days are far hotter than I expected. It got up to 29 degrees today. And the evenings are cooler than I expected. It got down to eight degrees last night. So if it, the weather is absolutely extraordinary. Not a cloud in the sky, not a breath of wind. Been doing a lot of sightseeing the last couple of days, getting that out of the road. And look, there are signs that their Super Bowl is in LA and it's only going to grow. But I tell you, the Rams are very lucky to have slept in their own beds for the last three weeks, hosting the NFC Championship game and now the Super Bowl. The Bengals don't arrive in town until tomorrow, that's Tuesday, have not seen one Bengals jersey yet. But what a great city to host the Super Bowl. I'm still getting used to uh, being back in America. And, you know, you always feel like you've got more money in your pocket with a dollar bill. You're allowed to turn right on red. You know, everything's in miles and Fahrenheit. (laughs) Uh, Amongst other things. So let's talk about how you've gotten to where you are now, because you've already gone from the AFL to the NFL and then post-career. So let's dive right into it. Well, we'll go back to the start when I grew up in Geelong and all I wanted to do was play in the AFL. My, my uncle played, my father was on a list, my grandfather played over 200 games for South Melbourne. So that was my boyhood dream. And I did Uh, watched the Super Bowl. Don Lane brought the NFL to Australian audiences back in the day. So I knew about it. But at the end of 2004, I had an opportunity to travel to the States um, based on a workout I did back in 1997, where the New York Jets had some scouts in Australia. They'd heard about that I had a big kick and I may be able to make the transition into their sport. And I was offered at that time a three-year deal on the spot. Now, Looking back, it was no guarantees. It was an opportunity to come and, and train during their off-season training camp activities. But it lit the fire. And that was important because I said at the time that I wanted to play out my AFL career, get the most out of that, live out my boyhood dream. Played in an AFL grand final, didn't win a premiership, but had an amazing career. And I'm very proud of the career that I had at Geelong, 219 games and captain for three years, including the Kaji Greaves medal, which is the best and fairest. So very proud of my career. So it was a massive leap of faith for myself and my family. But once I established myself as a punter in the NFL, I thought I was going to play for 14 years like I did at Geelong. So 2008 was the year that summed up 
how the NFL operate, the most cutthroat industry. At the time, I had a, a six-year extension. And in my fourth season, I was cut after the second game. I had a bad game against New England. And I was uh, called in just before the team photo, actually, to the general manager's office and told that my services were no longer required. It's not like the AFL where you are on a three-year contract and you see out those three years. So 2008, got cut after week two, was in San Diego meeting my mentor, Darren Bennett, who had played in the league before for the San Diego Chargers and the Minnesota Vikings. You know, I was struggling with consistency and um, he basically just said, just catch the fat part of the ball and do what you do best and kick it. That's some great advice. Now, and this is where my business side and my doctoral research do overlap a little bit, is the actual, not just cultural, but the actual legal difference of living in each country. America is the only post-industrial nation that allows for and has something called at-will employment, where people can be fired without good cause. Now, yes, there are defenses and protections in other ways. So that must have been a huge shock for you. Yeah, it was certainly a shock, not only moving countries and experiencing the health system, the social security, the credit. When I look back, incredible to think that at the start of the year, I felt on top of the world. I rang the Wall Street bell. I appeared on Sesame Street. I led the league in the preseason in every category. And to be cut after week two, re-signed week three. So I was in San Diego with Darren and my agent called uh, and said, you know, where are you? Uh, the Jets want to re-sign you. At that point in time, I told my agent to tell him to stick it because I didn't want to go back there given what had just happened. And um, I was talked down off the ledge and advised rightly to accept the, the, the deal, the, the re-signing. And this is how the locker rooms differ. So when I went to breakfast on the morning of the game at the hotel, my teammates didn't even know that I was cut. They just thought I'd gone back to Australia for a couple of days and here I was ready to play again. But what they were doing was just the guy that replaced me was injured. They were getting him healthy. I took over for two weeks before I was cut again. But my mindset completely changed from what I felt like a part of the team, like I was in Geelong, like I had been for the first three years at the Jets, to a hired gun. So I was released after week four. It was tough. That month was tough. We considered moving back to Australia. We had a young family. And you question yourself. You question your ability. And I guess... Things happen for a reason. I got a phone call from the New Orleans Saints saying, can you be at the airport in an hour? There's a first-class ticket waiting for you for London. And this is how crazy the NFL is. They cut their punter coming out of the shower. They were traveling from London straight from Charlotte, North Carolina. And they went to their roster, their list of who they had next to sign. And that punter didn't have a passport. So he couldn't travel to London. I was next on the list. They called me. I said, I'll be there in a flash. And if I'm right, I'm mistaken, London. you did great. 
Um, and what people who haven't moved countries should understand is if you've moved to a different city and you think that's tough, the amount of risk involved from a business perspective is not only high, but you've got a wife and kids, that precarity goes to them too. So well, can um, I say that probably the smartest thing that I ever did, I talked about it in depth, what it would mean for my family. Um, I integrated my wife's thinking into how this was all going to play out. And in the end, it was her that said, Ben, let's do this. So when things did get tough, and they did, she was there for me, I was there for her because it was a joint decision. And in that sense, having her there was an asset as opposed to being on your own flying unanchored. So if hearing this is invaluable. Well, like my experience, it, it, whatever partnership or decision-making process people go through, they don't know what the next year, three, five, 10 years look like. But the ability to work it out together, that decision-making process, so we've both bought in understanding what we've got at stake, uh, was critical in the way that my career played out because I needed her during that tough period of 2008. I got to London. I integrated myself with my new team and my new teammates in London that week. We won the game, got back to New Orleans on the Monday and Sean Payton, the coach at the time, called me in with the kicker. And for the first time in NFL history, the punter and kicker were cut on the same day during the season. I thought I was going to play for the New Orleans Saints. Well, I was cut three times by two teams at this point. It's only just past halfway of the NFL season. And this time, my family said, I think it's time that we should go back to Australia. Uh, but I stuck at it with encouragement of my wife. We kept working. She kept snapping me footballs in the living room. And I believed that there was going to be an opportunity. And that opportunity came with the Arizona Cardinals, where I was brought into a workout with three other punters. And when a punter has a couple of poor punts in a row, they send him to the showers. And I was blessed that the skill that I brought to the NFL that really hadn't been seen before, apart from in small markets like where Darren was in Minnesota, the drop punt, the end over end. And the Arizona Cardinals had a high-powered offense that they wanted someone that could pin the opposition deep, not necessarily boom off a big bomb from the back of the end zone. And my workout uh, pinned all the balls inside the five, and I was the last man standing. So at this point, I really and truly thought that I'm not going to invest in this team, in these people, in these players, because I could be on the street again tomorrow. And for those that don't know, these are culturally very different markets. You essentially have to re-almost educate yourself in certain ways. Speak about that and how you were able to really innovate and uh, what the hurdles are like adjusting to the new culture, not just within in the NFL, but the, the culture at large. Well, for me in the NFL, it didn't change from team to team because all teams are built very similarly. Yes, they have some different strategies when it comes to recruiting through the draft or trading or focusing on free agency. But from a family perspective, living in these different cities to try and find kids' schools and 
and where to live. And um, it can be a lonely existence, but because the family were there and we did it together, it certainly did help. And you made a point about Phoenix. Well, we we're very lucky in the outset that our first city we lived in was New York, an amazing city so much to offer. We lived on Long Island. But when we moved to Phoenix, we felt like we found our place. A little bit more like Australia, we found a, a, a nice community where a lot of other families that I played with lived with their kids. Weather was fantastic. The only downside was there's no beach in Phoenix. But the thing about that year is my first punt for the Arizona Cardinals was a good punt. It was deep. It was on the sideline. There were some missed tackles from the coverage unit and they returned it for a touchdown. Now, what I've been through, I felt like that I should just run off the field and keep running down the tunnel and grab my bag and catch the next flight out of there. Well, the best thing happened. The special teams coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Kevin Spencer, put his arm around me on the sideline and said, Ben, I know what you've been through. That was a good punt. Don't stress. You're going to be with us for the rest of the year, no matter what happens. Now, that confidence was all that I needed at that point in time. And I performed at the top of my game for the rest of that year and played with the Arizona Cardinals for the next three years because of someone putting their arm around me and giving me the confidence that I needed at my lowest point. So 2008, Spencer, started on the top of the world. I went down to the greatest greatest depths that I've been in life. I was fortunate that I had my family support the entire way, but ended on a high and my greatest sporting moment partaking in Super Bowl 43, 13 years ago. That's incredible because it really elucidates a lot of the cultural business elements that we see across the US that people aren't aware of. People love to see these conclusions, the great final product. It, it is the biggest market. It is the big show. You were on that stage, but there isn't always an understanding of the sacrifices. Again, the instability uh, for you and your family that you had to go over there, knowing that unlike the AFL, the guarantees are not there. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a good point because growing up in Australia, when all you think is the AFL is the be all and end all, you move countries into a sport in a country that's got 10 times the amount of people it's on a completely different level. What I found moving to America from Australia is, yes, I moved in a sporting context, but the people that I've met that have had similar journeys, we often talked about when we moved to America, the great things that America had to offer and how good would it be bringing that back to Australia? Well, we had it all round the wrong way. We should be taking the best things of Australia and bring it into a market like America with over 300 million people and that's essentially what we've done. So for the entrepreneurs, for the people that have grown up in Australia, now for a lot of people, it doesn't work out, but who wants to grow old and always think, I wonder if I had have gone to the NFL, or I wonder if I didn't branch out overseas. I often get asked when Australians do try and make the transition to the NFL, and there's been a few before, will he make it? Well, the definition of make it is what you determine success to be. Is it to make the roster? Is it to play a preseason game? Is it to play five years? So to play in the Super Bowl, I felt like I'd made it, despite the challenges. 
Now, after that, played for the Arizona Cardinals for another two years. But another example of the differences in America is the owners of the NFL teams got together and decided to lock the players out. So at that point, we decided we'd move back to Australia and we would wait and see uh, the lockout, when it ended, what the terms and conditions were, if I still had a job. We had to reset. But after then, I got the call from Detroit Lions. And this was the tough part of my wife and I not agreeing. She thought that it was best for them to stay. And I wanted to finish off my career. So with her blessing, I did move to Detroit and played the best part of the final two years of my career. So four teams. Eight years, plenty of ups, plenty of downs, but there's no doubt. The Super Bowl, being the first Australian to play in a Super Bowl, is my proudest sporting moment. And you know what? It's absolutely fascinating that you say that as well, because going back a few clicks, when you said people always ask, will so-and-so make it? It is such a nebulous question. So I can appreciate that. I, I got a professional question, though. How does it feel on the leg to boot? in that nice dry Arizona heat or in the indoor controlled climate of Detroit? Well, yeah. So where you punt is um, it does have an effect on your career, um, but there's also has to match the expectations of the coaching staff and mentally that's the most challenging thing about um, the built-in excuses that the outdoor environment gives you. Whereas in a dome, there are no excuses. So if you don't punt well in a dome, then that's frowned upon. So I didn't mind punting outdoors. I punted outdoors more than I did indoors. The Jets was a difficult place to play because it was cold and windy. Arizona was a dome, grass surface, brilliant. I loved it. They're the perfect conditions. And it's interesting. Stats is an interesting thing. I mean, you can find anything in stats, but it really comes down to the relationship that you have, the understanding that you have, I guess the KPIs that you have with your coaching staff is to what determines a good game or a good season. Because if you're asked to punt the ball high into the sideline, well, you're not going to have big numbers, but very, very happy with the way you've punted because you've punted exactly the way the coaching staff wanted you to punt. See, and this is what happened in Detroit is because the special teams coach was so worried about losing his job because they had the worst coverage team in the NFL, but he only wanted me to kick drop punts to the sideline. So at the end of that season, when I'm ranked near the bottom for net average, they had an excuse to release me. He lost his job anyway. You know, we joke about it sometimes that the NFL stands for not for long. Yep. But there's no doubt that it was an honor and a privilege to play in the NFL as long as I did. So I think if, you're asking me if your career was a success. Well, I, I would say so. You have beaten the averages. You have gone across the world. You did it with family. So Ben, thank you so much for coming on the show. I want to give you last dibs. If there's anything else that we missed that you want to talk about um, to button things up with. I really do appreciate the opportunity. We've been talking for a long time about this and other things. And I I respect your journey and where you've come from. We hit it off from day one. Appreciate the opportunity and telling a little bit about my journey and hopefully that, you know, some people can resonate with it, learn from it. If anybody has a dream, nothing is too hard. If you put your mind to it, you've got good support. It's the old saying around climbing a mountain. It's not the view at the top that 
people savor. It's the journey. That's the part that I think is special. That is a fantastic point. Ben, if I could ask one thing of you, write that book. I think it would be great. You don't have to commit to it right now. I know the answer is yes, but I would love to see that book. Thanks for listening today. Lead from the Side is made in partnership with Ample, and thanks to our sponsors. More information about the show and our guests can be found in the show notes. You can follow the show on Twitter or LinkedIn at Lead from the Side, or myself on Twitter or LinkedIn at BallsOutPhD. If you want to contribute to the show, send us an email at leadfromtheside at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. See you next time, and remember to lead from the side.